Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. LaFondra looking to get close side of Funk. LaFondra away from Davis. 3-1 running. Three points running. Salutations one and all. It's Jacob Southcline here and you join me for another edition of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. And I'm joined by the venerable veteran on a hat trick, James Earnshaw. Hello there. This is your second in a row. Well, no, you this is your second in a row. Yeah. Your next yeah. one will be your third in a row. Go on, lad. Yeah, getting there. I mean, we're not going to tell the people at home. Well, I'm going to spill the beans now. The only reason you're on again this week is because your rival Jonathan Lowe is getting married as we speak. Oh, he's uh, he's walking you. down the altar, like <laughs> <laughs> as we record this podcast. Um, no, but it's it's a, it's it's a pleasure to have you back on. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good. Thanks. We're even better after that win. Oh, mate, I've um, I'm I'm on the mother of all come downs after it. Honestly, <laughs> it's just absolutely fantastic. And before I hit record, I've smashed out a cheese bagel as well whilst I was waiting Ooh. for you. So it's just everything's looking up. Honestly, the only way is up. And uh, because I'm a master of my craft, and I try and do the best for the listeners at home, uh, I've uh, really dedicated myself to the cause this week. And I'm actually here recording live in Cardiff, even though the match is in Reading. Um, <laughs> and it's it's actually just because I live here a lot of the time. So, um, And also, it's very, very blustery outdoors. So um, we always end up talking about the weather. This is a mm, common theme. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very windy. I promise you, I'm not in a live reenactment of Wizard of Oz. It's just the weather um weather aside let's talk football what a week James we're unbeaten in four if you want in-depth analysis of those amazing games I mean are we counting Barnes is amazing probably at this point uh you can go and listen to the Elm Park Royals podcast that was done on the Barnsley game they recorded that live from the Allied Arms in Reading uh wonderful pub um and you can go and get that off Spotify. Um, it was a lot of fun. I wasn't there. Hopefully invited next time. I mean, two of my favourite things, podcasts and pubs. Um, and also, you can go and check out the Stoke podcast, which should be up by now. I think they're recording it in parallel with this preview. A little bit of behind-the-scenes intel for you there. And uh, But obviously, round the corner from the Allied Arms, you also got Blue Collar Corner. Uh, I'm going for the first time this weekend before oh, really? the Cardiff game. Yeah, taking my girlfriend, taking my oh. girlfriend to the game, taking my girlfriend to Blue Collar Corner. I'll ask her you which one she enjoys them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Nothing but the best. Uh, so if you like me, get on down to Blue Collar Corner for some street food, some excellent beer, and some pre-match vibes ahead of the Cardiff game. Uh, let's go on and talk about the Cardiff game now. Let's keep it brief because last week, can you believe it, we went on for an hour, James? Well, we went really? on for half an hour. 
and then the Barnsley lad went on for another half an hour. So uh, wow. we, I was motor mouths. Was a big um, game, though, wasn't it? Was it was a it bumper was a bit, edition? It was a bumper edition. I think I even put that in the podcast description. It was a <laughs> it was a bumper a bumper edition of the Elm uh, Park Royals preview podcast. Let's start with a stat from our good friend Talk Reading. That's the first time now that we've won back-to-back mm. uh, midweek home games since 2017. Mm. Crikey, that's five years ago, if you can believe it. Yeah, And, and it was uh, the first time we beat them Stoke in over 10 years. Yeah, boy. Huge <laughs> win. Huge win. And like just everything from the timing of it, the manner of it, mm. the three points, just, just brilliant scenes all around. And um, I want to ask you how our Paul Ince barometer is now because I'm feeling a lot more rosy about our managerial situation. He's started to pick up the points for us. What about you, James? I mean, Ince is, uh, where where are we building the statue? Yeah, he's he's doing well at the minute. Uh, I'm still cautious about giving him the full-time job because we've said this about every manager that goes on a run, you know, picks up a few points, keeps us up, and then he's sacked by December. So, I still wouldn't pay him for a three-year contract or two-year contract, but you can't argue he's done a great job, and there's no reason why there's no reason why he should not feel like he should get it full time. Uh, I just think there are better candidates out there if we've got the funds to be able to bring him in. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he might decide to just take it by force, and he might like <laughs> <laughs> him, him I, and I'm Tom. I'm not in. leaving Bearwood. I'm yeah, saying. him and Tomins might just like storm the director's box with like a crowbar and say, "Right, come on then." Um, <laughs> and honestly, at this point, if it were me, I would just well, a hope for a peaceful resolution, and then say, "Go on then, Paul. You can have another year." Um, <laughs> so, br- brilliant week. We've we've picked up an important point against Barnsley, which we were billing as a must-not lose game, which we did not lose. Go on then. And um, and then three points last night against Stoke. Happy days. On to Cardiff now to round out a busy week. Cardiff were a team that like has looked like they might get sucked in for a while. Mm. And then it was only really by virtue of us being so rubbish, along with the other relegation candidates, that they haven't been sucked into it. They're kind of in that bracket of rubbish, along mm. with Hull. Yeah. You know, where and they're Stoke. sort of... Hull and Stoke, indeed. They are sort mm. of bad, but not bad enough. Whereas mm. we're sort of really on the borderline. And then you've got the likes of Peterborough, Barnsley and Derby. So last time we played Cardiff, uh, I was there because mm, I'm so a local I. now. Junior Hoylet, um, who we're talking before we press record, has been one mm. of our most consistent performers this season. He scored the winner in a 1-0 victory. It was a real back uh, to the wall, I think, as well, from what yeah, I remember. We didn't it was a to win. Total <laughs> smashing grab. Total yeah. smashing grab. And if we'd had a bit more of that, this season we probably wouldn't be where we are now but yeah it it really was uh, I I was walking back to my home lots and lots of mm. dejected Cardiff fans back in October um Hoylet surely if if the finances permit and if he's up for it because he seems to get on with everyone sign him up for next season James what do you think oh yeah yeah definitely he's ex- championship experience he I thought he was excellent against Stoke uh Paul Ince- said something about him having poor crosses throughout the first half, not just him, but in general. But I thought all of his crosses were bang on the money. Um, Zhao got close to a couple of them. Obviously, the first Morrison's goal came from one of his crosses. Um, no, I think he's just what we need, because obviously our problems aren't going away next year. We're going to be in exactly the same kind of crap, but with less players. So yeah. we need characters like him to sort of stick around if we can. 
and he just seems like a bit of a good egg. I mean, the mm. um, the Cardiff fans going back to Cardiff have said he was a fantastic servant for them. Um, one of the main reasons they got promoted back when they were last in the Premier League. And you know, he's he might be getting on a bit now, but he's still got. I think he's still got the legs. I think he's mm. got the personality. You know, chips in with the odd goal, like you say. I mean, there, there was a time when Reading was spoilt for wingers, and in recent times we haven't really been. So, for me, obviously you've got your priorities which need sorting, like mm. Yeadham, Rinham, Hotter, and whatever. But then, for me, Hoylet is one we need to be trying to keep. Mm, um, he definitely. showed it against Stoke. He's been showing it all season. Uh, Canada. Please, Junior. Yes, Canada indeed. Mm. Can- Canadian internationals soon to be playing at the World Cup in quite a difficult group as well. Um, so that'll be fun to watch. But yeah, if you're listening, Junior, you can consider this an official plea. Sign up. Even if it's for like a bag of mould teasers and a couple of breadsticks, please, please stay in RG2 next season. <laughs> Other notable Cardiff memories for me over the years, obviously you've got Joby McEnough's Maisie run in 2011 in the semi-final. That's indelibly etched upon my brain. Mm. Shane Long's lob. Uh, Shane Long's lob. Oh, mate, what a game. Federici's uh, equaliser in stoppage time. Yeah, just Pete Redding, isn't it? <laughs> to- it's just, I, I think we've got our fair share of fond Cardiff memories mm. over the years. Um, beating them in the FA Cup run that got us into the semis. I think Robson Carney scored that day. Yeah, he scored you every know? round until the uh, quarterfinal. No, he scored in the quarterfinal. I think he scored in every round bar the semi-final. He's prolific. Actually, the prolific yeah. Cal Robson Carney. Uh, <laughs> Love child of uh, Brian Robson and Arsenal legend Carney. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Also, do you remember when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had his pretty disastrous stint in charge Mm -hmm. of the Bluebirds, who at the time were the Redbirds because they were playing in red because with Lafondra. Indeed, Lafondra was on corners. Mm. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, Actually, for me, just to indulge me for just a second, um, my overriding Cardiff City football club memory is um, I went to during my first year of university here I went to Cardiff v Wolves in the Premier League oh yeah and um, I think I think Cardiff ended up winning but um, Wolves went ahead via a Matt Doherty goal that was the season when he was incredible in Mm. fancy football right and obviously as a fancy football aficionado myself, I had Doherty in my team at the time. You can see where this is going, can't you? Mm. So I started, bearing in mind I was in the Cardiff end, oh, as soon as that Doherty goal went in, I started celebrating like a wild animal. I was up on my feet, uh, no. but it was kind of an involuntary thing. I didn't do it deliberately. Um, <laughs> all, all these Cardiff fans started shooting me daggers. I thought I was going to be ejected. It was bad. So for me, mm. that's, that's my top non-Reading Cardiff memory, but... I guess we're only here for the Reading. So um, <laughs> they've um, they've just come off the back of mm. an, a historic thumping at the hands of bitter rival Swansea. It's the first time in 110 years that they've lost twice to Swansea in the mm. same season. How about that? Yeah, I mean that's that's bad. I mean, so presumably James, they're coming into this demoralised, bit out of form. They're there for the taking, right? Uh, no, see, I'm thinking the other way. I'm thinking <laughs> they want nothing more after losing to Swansea than to go out there and absolutely hammer the next team. I just think yeah. I wouldn't mind if they lost like 1 0, 2 1, but to get embarrassed like that, they're going to want to surely go out there and, and prove that they're not actually that bad. You know, their fans are paying money to come and watch them. They're owed a performance. 
and these players, if they've got any backbone, are going to come to Reading and they've got to put in a better performance than losing 4-0. I hope not. I hope that they're on a run and they lose every six games 4-0 and we batter them like Swansea did. But I don't know. Whenever a team comes in off the back of a hammering, there's always that slight worry that they might turn it around. Well, that's it. It's going to make for a good spectacle, I think, because you've got us in good form, unbeaten in form. Mm. You've got Cardiff with something to prove. And obviously, are out for a bit of revenge after we did them earlier in the season. Mm. So it's it's all set up. I love the drama. In the words of Gavin and Stacey, I love the drama, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Oberfemi, of course, former Saints, put two against them, mm. but, uh, put two in against them last time mm. out. Yeah, and the two two former players were the managers in that derby, Russell Martin and Steve Morrison, which is quite fun. Um, <laughs> two proper no-nonsense players. Um, since we last played Cardiff as well, obviously they've lost Kiefer Moore. Mm. Um, big, big Welshman Kiefer Moore. Do you think he's a big mess for them? Because I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's huge. No, definitely. He is literally uh, huge. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> and metaphorically huge for, for, for both. I'm just looking forward to seeing Bakuna back. Hopefully he gets yeah. that terrible reception. Is, he, is Bakuna playing at the moment? Because I, I, I don't think so, but yeah, he might but... play. If we, spy, if we spy, if we spy Leandro in the crowd, we'll have to give him. Hopefully, he plays because it might mean we might, might, might win. Well, they might get down to ten a, men, and then it'd add a little a bit of zest, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd it add would. a bit of spice to proceedings if Pacuna were to make his glorious <laughs> return against the Royals. Um, hot off the rumor press, you're going to enjoy this, James. Um, one of the podcasts I was trying to contact for the fans' view. Mm. Uh, was putting forward a very compelling argument as to uh, soon-to-be free agent Gareth Bale. Um, uh, they, they reckon that Gareth Bale might be on his way back to Cardiff. What do you think about that? <laughs> I guess it would be nice sort of from a romantic perspective, but there's no way in hell Gareth Bale plays for Cardiff next season. How, how, can, how you, can he play in the Championship? Can you imagine Cardiff stumping up the, what, like 400,000 for like half a million pound a week wages it'd be fantastic as a fan though you've got to think if he's that much of a Cardiff fan he'll play for I mean less ways he doesn't need the money does he no but, um, but no that's not how we know how things these things work I and mean, footballers don't do that so no he'll probably go to the Premier League somewhere but I can't yeah. see him that's I mean, not yet maybe did, in four, four years time or whatever. he did like a job for he did a job for Spurs obviously when he was on loan last season so I mean it's, he's probably not stooping to the Cardiff but I don't want to say stooping it sounds like I'm <laughs> taking the piss out of Cardiff yeah. but it's not you know it's dropping down to the jump no no and um, obviously when he's performing miracles for Wales at the moment as well it's unlikely no. but, but it would be fun and mm. uh, from experience not that I'm an avid golfer myself but Cardiff and South Wales has some lovely golf courses <laughs> for, for Gareth Bale so. I mean we were closer to getting Bale than they are at this rate when the oh, whole Stephen Hunt stuff came about. What could have been, eh? <laughs> what could have been? Uh, so ultimately, are we are we at all concerned by the prospect of Cardiff on the weekend? You reckon that they're going to be coming here with a point to prove? Yeah, they might come out um, the blocks fast. Yeah. it's Honestly, what gives me a bit of hope is the fact that for the first time in a while now, it looks like we can concede a goal and not just roll over and lose. Mm. Mm. I mean, yeah. we saw that against Stoke um, earlier in the in the week when we got pegged back to one all, mm. we came back. Came back against Barnsley. Honestly, it doesn't it, even if the Bluebirds go go one up, I'm I'm kind of thinking bring it on. So on that note, I'm gonna be extremely optimistic <laughs> and predict a two nil reading win, a win and a clean Ooh, sheet. What's come over me? I know. <laughs> I know. 
And the, these are the end times on the Unpark Rules preview <laughs> pod. Uh, what about you, James? What are you thinking prediction? Uh, I'll go 1-1. I'll take a point. I think unbeaten in this run uh, of three games. Another point, edge, edge, edging towards safety. I'll take a point now. Yeah, the, the longer the unbeaten run goes on, mm. it might come to a, a, an end this weekend, you never know. But the longer the run goes on, the more demoralised the teams beneath us are going to mm. get. And Because um, Twitter is awash with some very sad Derby fans at the moment thinking that yeah. we might Thank, have Thanks to Math. Yeah, thanks, Math, for your service. <laughs> yeah. uh, Math is quickly becoming an asset of community value. Uh, so thank you so much, James, for that whistle-stop tour of the Cardiff game on the weekend. I hope you enjoy it. I hope we don't get absolutely tomped 5-0 yeah. now. Hope you, I hope your girlfriend enjoys it. Thank you. It's going to be her back. first first Reading game. Um, embarrassingly, oh, okay. she's from Oxford, so um, hopefully she's not a bad, <laughs> bad owner. But uh, we're going to be joined after break now by some Cardiff fans. So I better start saying nice things about Cardiff, um, the nicer things about Cardiff. I live here. I pay council tax here. I should be saying nice things. And uh, thanks again, James Earnshaw. You'll be back soon enough. Uh, Stay tuned after the break. We'll be back with the Cardiff view. Hello. Welcome back after the break. I hope you're still here after the break because I've got a real treat for you now. I've stuck my head out my front door in Cardiff. I managed to source a very clued up, Cardiff fan by the name of Alex Wallace from the Canton End. Good afternoon, Alex. Afternoon, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate that. You're very, very welcome because best of both worlds, we get to pick your brains about Cardiff Football Club and, uh, well, Cardiff City Football Club. And then uh, in return, I get to give you a bit of a group therapy session one-on-one with uh, one earth happened with your lot in the uh, in the derby at the, at the weekend. Just unbelievable scenes. We were saying earlier... Uh, James Earnshaw about how we couldn't help but notice the first time that Swansea have done the double over you in 110 years and imagine you're pretty feeling pretty sore after that I, I, I mean where's your head at now a few days down the line uh, to be honest I'm still flabbergasted to be honest with you I think uh, I think everyone is every Cardiff fan is just pulled by what we saw on Saturday and you know there's not really much to to talk about other than the fact that Steve Morrison got his game plan wrong on Saturday. I think there were arguments after the game. We we do Twitter spaces and, and a couple of people on there came and had their say and I think a lot of people agreed. I think the team selection was fine. You don't really pick better than what he did. You can't pick better with what we've got and we just didn't have a game plan. We just, you know, I think Neil Warnock was secretly planning the tactics. Um, we were just playing hoofball for the first half and then obviously they went 1-0 up and as soon as they went 1-0 up, I, I never feel like this and I haven't under Steve Morrison, but I just felt as soon as they got the first goal, it was game over. Yeah, that's that horrible, dull feeling of inev- inevitability when you can c- concede first. Reading have had that, you know, for, for large parts of the season, it's horrible. But, you know, losing in a dignified way 1-0 and then going on to concede four goals from your bitter rivals is yeah it's shocking and uh, I think what's even more shocking for me is looking at your form before uh, recording the podcast you were you're in quite handy form up until that Swansea game because unbeaten in four beat Derby good away win against Queen's Park Rangers uh, a draw against Preston which is creditable and then a, a win against Stoke. I mean, everyone seems to be beating Stoke, and like, even we did. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, just the wheels have fallen off, I guess, in spectacular fashion. 
Yeah, and it's interesting today. I think the EFL have the worst timing in the world. They announced that Steve Morrison's been nominated for March Manager of the Month. Uh, oh, the curse, of, the curse of the Manager of the Month awards. It's Strikes like, again. It's been a thing for, forever. The Manager of the Month curse is horrible. But no, I think, you know, you can't discredit what, we, what we've done under him. It's just, you know, I think I said it on Saturday itself. I said that, you know, we've had a good run of form under him and you can't get, many things wrong in a derby and I think the way he handled himself after the game didn't really help him either I think that just a lot of things on Saturday are are things to forget and obviously you know it's not just as easy as forgetting what happened on Saturday it's going to be stale for weeks months you know it's the first time the double was done but I think we we can't really forget what Steve Morrison's done so far and and what he could do in the in the future especially after the summer anyway just as something a bit anecdotal, I was at a gig on Saturday evening immediately after you'd lost 4-0. Uh, it was at the student union. We were watching sports team play. And one of the members of sports team is a big Swansea fan. And they announced it on stage. And you'll be glad to know they were roundly booed by about every single Cardiff local in that crowd. So uh, I have heard about that. One of, one of my friends was there and... Uh... He told me about that. that... You got to you got to take the small victories wherever you can, and um, that means that sports team might not be playing another gig in Cardiff for the foreseeable future. So uh, let's let's go on just then to talk about what happened last time we played you guys back in October at the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, James and I were discussing earlier; it just didn't feel like a game we were ever destined to win, and yet we came away with three points by virtue of Junior Hoylet, who. Um, has been a fantastic little present from you guys on a free. So thank you very much. Um, were you at the reverse fixture? What What were your thoughts on that? Um, game? I watched it on TV. I didn't go. I broke my mm. knee in September, so that was oh, ouch. And, yeah, God, you've but, got a well, you've got the same injury record as uh, the Reading squad. We, we can't <laughs> stay fit either. So. But no, I do. I do remember the game vividly, and um, yeah, I, I remember it just being one of those weird, scrappy games that Cardiff produce. And you know, if we don't score, you're gonna score, and you did. And he was Hoylet out of everyone. And I said before the game, I do remember saying that Junior Hoylet will probably score, as did a lot of Cardiff fans. I think there was literally tweet after tweet saying it's going to be Hoylet who scores today. But I think, you know, obviously he went to you and I think he left us at a good time because he didn't fit our squad. Um, we don't really play with the, the wingers anymore. So I think he was a, it was a good little addition to you lot. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I think he's, I, I don't even know if he's fit for, for Saturday. I haven't really had a look. But yeah, he, is, he, he will he be. He, honest, since he came back from international duty with Canada, he's, he's looked great. Um, and over the course of the season... Again, we were saying earlier, Hoylet is probably contender for most one of the most consistently all right players we've had. I mean, doesn't chip in with many goals. He scored a brace in one game. I'm struggling to remember which one it was, but a really important brace in a in a win. And um, he would be one that we're hoping to keep around because, um, yeah, I mean, especially when he fit our fit our requirements beautifully. Given that he was on he was on a free, wasn't some massive financial outlay. Um, we got into this weird habit for a while of not really having out-and-out wingers. We were playing sort of centre-attacking midfielders out wide, the likes of Ajari and whatnot. So it was refreshing to have an actual out-and-out winger in Hoylet come into the squad, and he's definitely improved us. So the majority of running fans would like to see him start against you guys on the weekend. And hopefully, for our sake, not yours, he, he bags another one against his former employers. Going back to your manager, 
Steve Morrison. Do you think you what's the direction of travel like under him? Do you think that there is a future with him at, at the helm? I mean, obviously, disappointing season this time round doesn't look like you're going to be sucked into the relegation scrap now, barring some sort of what whatever the opposite of, of a miracle is. And um, yeah, are you more optimistic for next season with with him around, or you know, should you be looking elsewhere for a new, I don't, I don't a new know. pair I of eyes? It's hard because obviously he took over from Mick McCarthy. You know, Mick McCarthy had an absolutely awful start to the season and Steve Morrison comes in, takes over as a caretaker and we look like a completely different team. But obviously, as he said himself and as we know as fans, that's not his team. It's the team he inherited and he's going to have a summer window to to put it right and try and sign his own players, essentially. But he's done a good job in January. You know, we brought in Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle is one of the best midfielders probably in the division at this level. He's just so good with the ball. And he's definitely going to be a future Man City player in the future. If he doesn't stay at Man City, he'll be in the Premier League. Um, then we've also got Cody Drama, amazing fullback on loan from Leeds. So in terms of who he signed in January and if he can sign permanent players for free or for small fees that are quite similar to those, or even if we dip back into the loan market, I think that we've got a good season ahead next season if we can plan properly. Um, I think the only problem from a fan's perspective is we don't actually know what the plan is. Obviously, we know it's a rebuild, yeah. um, but you know we've had a report come out on Monday that um, Vincent Tan may be ready to sell Cardiff, but... I think as fans, we've we've come to a conclusion that we don't really think it's going to happen and we mm. just have to, to get through the legal cases that the club has at the moment and see what we can do in the summer. I think we've got to be quite careful in terms of planning. Um, I imagine Steve's got a very decent plan set out for the summer. Um, we've been linked to loads of players already, a goalkeeper. You know, we've got Alex Smithy set to depart. We've got about eight players who are, are set to go on a free. So I think it should be a very interesting summer and I think that we've just got to give him a season next season and if it's heavily underperforming then we can look for someone again you know 23-24 and we just have to go again but I don't want to fall into the cycle of a, a new manager every six months so well, that's it Reading fans will know that it's rare that um, a Royals manager lasts more than about a year and a half is about the lifespan and it's very easy to get sucked into this hiring and firing culture. So, you know, I guess if if Morrison does have a plan and you'd say that there's going to be a turnover of players, he maybe deserves a bit of time to to build his own thing. There's going to be an equally large, if not bigger, turnover of players at Reading this summer, but that's mainly due to the finances. And um, if we are playing each other in the same division next season, it might be two completely different looking 11s facing off against each other. Yeah. You've, you've, you've mentioned that you you've added... To the squad, like a couple of handy, handy bits of recruitment, and um, one player that you lost in January that I, I completely missed that this happened until like <laughs> middle of February. But Kiefer Moore, who is probably top three biggest, most statuesque Welshman of all time, um, <laughs> he's he's gone to Bournemouth. Um, have you been missing him? Has he left a big gaping hole in your front line, or have you managed to? to cope since his departure? Completely honestly, I'll say no. I don't think we're struggling without him. Um, we brought in Jordan Hugo. We brought in Uche uh, Ikpiazu. Former been, Royal. They've he been used to be in our academy. Yeah. He's a brilliant, brilliant striker. Ikpiazu was described at one point as the next Didier Drogba. 
but um, I've heard about that. I have heard about yeah. that. Sorry, so yeah, sorry to interrupt. So yeah, it's oh, yeah. so they're bringing the goals for you, right? Yeah, um, they've they've well, Uche hasn't actually started a game, but I don't think he's the type of player that is going to start for us unless he starts on Saturday. Um, we've also brought through Isaac Davis from the academy. Um, we've got Ruben Colwell and, and Mark Harris as well as attackers who are getting the goals. So I don't think we struggled without him. Obviously, you can't ignore that he scored 20 plus last season. Um, and, you know, when he did leave in January, you thought, oh, how do we replace him? And, you know, there was a thing about the fee. How much are we going to get? Who are we going to replace him with? But again, it's down to the, the recruitment that we did when he left. And Uche came in on deadline day and he's been firing off the bench, which when you look at it, I think the way we, we line up at the start, we need pace and then we need physicality off the bench. And Uche is probably the strongest player I've seen ever. He just comes on and he absolutely causes havoc for every <laughs> defender that he plays against. So I think, yeah, it's a weird one with Kiefer. At the time, if you'd have asked me, I'd have said, you know, we're, we're going to miss him. But I think we've seen the progression of the team and the way we play. It depends. Maybe he wouldn't even have fit the new system, but I, I wouldn't say we're missing him. No, it's reassuring because sometimes a player will leave and it will take subsequent seasons to replace them, if ever. I mean, we're still talking about whether we properly replaced Steve Sidwell when he left about, well, almost two decades ago at this point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, we can look forward to Ushiek Piazu returning to RG2 and maybe battering our our defence as well. So um, that's that's going to be a highlight. We're expecting a good attendance on the weekend as well. The, the club have put together some sort of promotional ticket scheme. So, you know, hopefully get a few Reading and Cardiff fans down there. Um, talking of Reading and Cardiff links, we've we've discussed Ike Piazu. Um, I, I put out a plea on Twitter for questions and Reading fans are gagging to know, purely out of some morbid curiosity, um, is Leandro Bakuna still a Cardiff player because oh, uh, at one point, this is probably says more about the dire state of our squad at the time. At one point, Bakuna was one of our more talented midfielders, but he always seems to divide opinion wherever he goes, be it at Aston Villa, Reading. Uh, has the theme continued um, at Cardiff? Yeah, to put it simply, yes. Um, at the current moment, uh, if you'd have looked at Twitter yesterday, you would have seen that uh, everyone was uh, screaming at him. I put a tweet out myself. Basically, uh, he's been out of the squad now for a while. He doesn't really fit in the team anymore. Um, and his attitude, quite frankly, stinks towards the club. Um, he put out a post yesterday. It was his birthday. And he said uh, something about a new chapter with like a, a smiley face and stuff mm. with, with a football emoji. And our fans obviously don't didn't take it well because... He's been on the bench now for a number of weeks after getting sent off against Bournemouth. Um, and he really doesn't have a place in the starting 11 or the bench. Um, he's just been literally, uh, you know, you see him in training pictures and that's all all you see of him, really. But he basically <laughs> tried to to clap back to fans on, on Instagram by commenting a load of laughing emojis. So, um, yeah, it, it was a it was a weird one yesterday, and it, I think it re it showed that he has no interest to be in here. He's not good enough for the club, and he'll definitely be one of the ones to move on in the summer. But you know, he was okay perhaps at times in the past, but he's never been a player that I've thought, you know what? Wow, we've got a fantastic midfielder on our hands. He's always been one of the oh, he's playing today. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think Reading fans will be clamouring for the glorious return of Leandro Bakuna anytime soon. Uh, kind of a player who was the victim of not really having a 
set position for us either because even though he was deployed as a midfielder, there was all these questions like, well, is he actually a right back or is he actually a midfielder? We, we, yeah, and, I think we saw that as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, a character, I think you can say, about Bakuna, um, maybe for all the wrong reasons, along with a couple yeah. of right ones. On his days, he's like, well, maybe not Maradona-esque. But, <laughs> um, going back to the here and now then, just to quickly wrap up, Alex, um, put your cards on the table, what we're thinking for score predictions. Because obviously Reading are in a relatively unexpectedly brilliant vein of form. Clawed ourselves away from the dotted line to eight points of safety now, which is brilliant, like giving us a bit of a cushion. If we do lose to you on the weekend, obviously we'll be chipping away at that cushion and Barnsley will be back breathing down our necks. But do you expect a massive reaction after that that derby defeat? Do you expect to win on the weekend? Um, I'd like to think we would win, but I also think that the team will look very different. Obviously, um, you know, the, the same 11 that plays on Saturday shouldn't play again on Saturday. Or will Steve Morrison send the same 11 out to try and prove a point that, you know, we can get battered by our biggest rivals and then go and put a performance on the week after. But as fans, we've said, you know, in terms of on the pitch now for the rest of the season, as long as we pick up a couple of good results, that's all we can say. There's nothing to play for for us now for the rest of the season. And we'd like to see the youth play. Um, so personally, I think we could see a youthful Cardiff side on, on Saturday, which for me, it divides my brain a bit because it makes me think, will we see a, an extravagant performance from youngsters mm. who want to put a name for themselves in in the squad next season? Um, or could we see a, a team that hasn't really had time to gel together and, and will, you know, evidently take a, take a loss on Saturday? But in terms of a score, I think that it'll be close. Um, I'm divided between the draw and a win, but I'm going to go with a win. I think that Cardiff will win 2-1 on Saturday. And it'll Ooh. be uh, Uche off the bench, actually, to get the win. <laughs> it's, you guarantee now you're going to be spot on. It's going to be the curse of the former player once again. It'll be it'll be our former player scoring against us as opposed to your former player scoring oh, against us. Or something like yeah. that. Well, it might be Hoylet Brace, Ikpiazu Brace in a two-all draw. You never know. <laughs> I've already stuck my neck on the line and I'm actually predicting a Reading win in a clean sheet, which is very unlike me. So we'll just have to see who's right and who takes the bragging rights. One thing for sure, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I'm yeah, going it, to should be be, it should be a very good game. And uh, thanks so much for coming on again, Alex. You're more than welcome back anytime you like. Well, anytime we're playing. You know, we maybe <laughs> no, won't get you back on when we're playing the likes of Middlesbrough or Blackburn. <laughs> um, and please, those of you at home, go and follow the Canton End on Twitter. They're a great repository of Cardiff news and views. Uh, well worth a follow. It doesn't cost you anything. It's Twitter. And uh, thanks so much for listening to yet another slightly briefer edition of the Elm Park Rules preview podcast we'll be back next week and we'll be covering the run-in from here until the end of the season and uh yeah thanks for listening guys really appreciate it take care come on you ours